Welcome back to the Philadelphia Union Soccer Podcast, part of the UnionSoccerBlog.substack.com. You can get this podcast anywhere where you find your podcast, Google Play Store, Apple Store, wherever you find your podcast is where you can find the Union Soccer Podcast. This fine program hosted by myself, John Jansen. You can follow me at jjansen 34 and Joe Tanzi, who runs the show over at the Union Soccer Blog Substack. You can follow him at jtanzi90. Joe, I imagine this is going to be a... What are the vibes for the union type of podcast? They end up losing in pretty not so great fashion against LAFC in the semifinal of CONCACAF Champions League. And obviously they have not been too impressive so far. Not bad, but not impressive so far in league play. So, Joe, uh, we got a lot of questions that I'm sure we have to answer here. Yeah, and Jim Curtin has a lot of questions to answer too, which he was actually very um, reflective and maybe poignant is a way to describe the press conference today, which is, which is why I'm actually kind of happy. We, um, we waited to do this until Thursday night because um, I think, I don't know if it's more of a vibe check or more of just like, we have to hammer the hell out of the reset button right now and flush CONCACAF champions league from our system. Um, as, as depressing as it may be after the way Tuesday night went, I mean, if the best case scenario emerges, um, the union could be a few wins away from another trophy. They could be um, competing for, uh, you know, top spots in the Eastern conference pretty quickly. Um, So this is something where uh, it really has to be just a hard reset mentally and physically not just from the players, but from, you know, the fan base as well. You know, it, it's got to be just Champions League is out the window. We had our day of mourning. We had our day of depression. Um, but, I mean, wouldn't it be nice if they, they went in and beat the Red Bulls on Saturday? It would be nice if they did that. I would like that and maybe feel better about, you know, league play, certainly. Um, I mean, what does this, because this was a, a goal, or this was – the union seemed to be taking next step after next step after next step. And it felt like the next step was getting to a CONCACAF final and they didn't get there and fell short and fell short against a team that's been blocking their path through a few uh, notable achievements that they could get. It's frustrating, I think, as a fan, right? Uh, frustrating that they were there at MLS Cup, they lose to LAFC. They get there to a CONCACAF semifinal, have a chance to get onto the final, and they lose in very bad fashion, I would say, to LAFC again. So, I mean, losing to LAFC twice is one thing, but does that just say anything about the union? And maybe this team does have a ceiling, even though a very high ceiling, understandably. I mean, they got the MLS Cup in semifinal. I get that, but are, are they starting to hit that ceiling? That's a good question. Um, I haven't read Kevin Kincaid's piece, but I think that was his his kind of thing too on, on Crossing Broad today. Um, I did not steal that then. <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> I had no idea Kevin posted that. No, 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 no. We don't. <laughs> I do not steal from Kevin sometimes. <laughs> no, we we like Kevin. Yeah, Ke- that's literally Kevin... his question. I did not, literally, I did not steal that. That's just two good journalists, Ke- okay? That's all it Ke- is. Kevin Kincaid is number one on our on our, our best friends list on the, the union. <laughs> I'm t- that's so funny because he literally and you that's, can... that's in the title of his headline. 
Oh my god. All we right, can tell so. who's been in the studio doing a, a three hour afternoon radio show talking about the Sixers new yeah. hat. Who's been who's been sitting on his ass watching baseball all day. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um maybe. I, I, I can't say no to that because LAFC is just his shoulders and head and shoulders above everyone. It's not just the union. And it's it's frustrating because now you've gotten the, the taste of it. Twice you've had the MLS Cup final where you're so close. And let's be honest, like if this thing goes differently on Tuesday, you're in it for the final 30 minutes. Um, and that's really all you could ask for. I mean, look, positives from this, and there are very few positives, but the positive from like the, the single game performances themselves is I dare you to find two, three, four opposing defenses out there, even Club Leon in the in the Champions League final, who are going to do a better job on Carlos Vela and Danny Bolanga for 90-plus minutes and then, say let's, let's say 75, because everything kind of went out the window in the final 10 or 15 the second leg. If if we're grasping for the positive straws, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying that's the, the one thing that... I'm kind of taking away from that on a positive regard is yeah, they can play with them. They played with them twice. Um, and that's the frustrating part is it didn't come together on a night where everything needed to come together. You had the, you know, we, we've, I don't want to call it the LAFC propaganda machine, but it kind of feels <laughs> that way where, and, and look, you and I fall victim to it. Everyone falls victim to it. That like, they're going to score three, four goals on you every single game. And and just demolish teams, which they have. But they've adapted now. It, you know, they, they've found ways to win one-nothing, two-nothing type games that it, let's be honest, that's the way it was heading on on Tuesday. And that's why everyone was so frustrated with the lack of adjustments, because it was very clear what the game plan was. Um, and and you know, we talked on, on Twitter spaces on Tuesday night that. The union are going to miss Jose Martinez, but they didn't miss them in, in the conventional way that we think they're going to miss him. Um, usually we think it's it's defense and plugging all the holes in front of the center backs. In this case, it was offensively and moving the team forward and, yep, and, playing, the, and playing those balls through the, not the to, middle not of the field. Not to pat myself on the back because I'm not a soccer X's and O's guy, all right? So I felt like when <laughs> I was making that point about the midfield, I was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong here. But yes, that was the one thing I was worried about. He's the one that pushes them forward, and it just right. it wasn't happening in that way. There was a, a disconnect between Flock and, and Gosdag um, yep. that LAFC that LAFC purposely caused. Like that was that was their tactical adjustment to the first leg. Um, I was you know sitting in the in the press conference with um, with Jim not Jim Curry, Steve Trindola, uh last Wednesday, you could tell he was very disappointed in like in just the the style in which they played. He was very complimentary of of the union's game plan, but also like LAFC did not play the the way we're used to seeing them play. Fair enough. You know, it's uh that's again part of the whole thing where the union were so close. Like you could touch how close they were. To, to getting this done and it's it's one mistake in the first leg and it's just 
borderline incompetence on in the second leg because and and this is how we're going to kind of transition from what this Champions League loss means to the rest of the season and heck just this month alone because there's another three game and eight day stretch coming up but you got to be able to to make those adjustments that Jim Curtin didn't um I understood the Harriel for Ua change because you needed to have defensive structure to at least contain LAFC and make sure they didn't score a second one immediately after Baza went off, which I don't have to spend too much time on this. Too silly, just idiotic plays. And, and that's why Baza is such a frustrating character within this union lineup because you see the good, but you see the bad in a span of one week in two ma major games and it, it's just a a net neutral at this point. So, uh, I mean, what are you going to do there? That that's that is what it is. But where where Jim is at, and where he he's his faults are as a manager is he's too loyal to to his guys. And I actually think this probably was the most reflective kind of poignant Jim Curtin we've gotten in a long time um, because there hasn't been much losing because there hasn't been many um, opportunities for this to happen. But uh, this afternoon uh, during his, his pre-match press conference for Red Bulls, which um, I don't know how much we get into that match, but um, I think this is more a episode about the, the, the state of the union um, to use our, our favorite pun here. Um, He's very reflective and poignant about wanting to to use more guys, and I don't know if this was you know, something he realized after he you know he took away he took a step away from the heat of the battle on Tuesday night because you can get very little from from those press conferences. I know everyone wants those answers immediately, but to, to do the inside baseball thing here, like Concacaf runs this thing, the Union don't. They're calling our reporters who, who shouldn't be asking questions, and it become it becomes you know, five generic questions later about how Jim <laughs> Curtin feels about LAFC. Uh, the press conference ends and, and we can't go into detail about, uh, how do you Torres feel about Brea. losing Jim Curtin? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's ba like, basically like the, the, I know the first mean. three or four questions of the press conference Tuesday night are, well, Jim, you lost to LAFC again. Talk. Um, the questions were more eloquent, obviously, but that was kind of the gist of it. So I think today was actually very, informative midweek press conferences outside of injury updates can be very boring, uh, which is a good thing. But I think in, in this case, at least to what I can remember, Jim was very kind of, uh, he did take that step back on the plane, whether it was, you know, it's a day off to kind of chill and reset um, about using his guys, about not wearing them into the ground. And heck, you know, part of this is yes, the circumstances are going to force that. Uh, Jack McLennan, and Quinn Sullivan are 99% off to the U20 World Cup, along with Brendan Craig. That is nothing new. That's not breaking news. They've been in that U20 squad forever. Um, and Paxton Aronson most likely going with them as well. Not a union player, but a former union player. So a lot of representation there. And uh, Jim was very poignant on that uh, that topic as well today. But what I what I see here is someone who's acknowledged his his shortcomings now there are, but how does I, that how does that change then how right. he's so he's recognized right. but what's what are the changes then that 
that he could make for himself that obviously would right. reflect in the lineup. So what, what, I was, what I was about to say is there's, I'd say 95 to 100% of you guys that are listening um, are going to say, yeah, right, Jim's said this before, and oh, he's not going to Oh, we've been through change. this song, right. I know. We've been through right. this yeah. song and dance so many mm-hmm. times with them. Correct. So this whole, this whole thing has been said before. He's just going to play Leon Flock 90 minutes. I've already seen him my mentions, and look, everyone is completely justified for for that to be the case because he does have a track record. Now it's kind of a actions speak louder than words type thing. You can say all you want about not want, wanting to run your guys into the ground, actually using the depth you have, but it needs to be done, and not just in an open cup game, not just in an open cup game on Tuesday, because that's where we'll see it. Like let's be honest, we'll we'll see that there. Um, so I'd like to see it. I like to see some variety. I'm not saying drastically overhaul the squad, but maybe there's a game, maybe say Saturday, because Jose Martinez is still on the men from his hamstring injury. I'm most likely not playing on Saturday. Jim Curtin didn't, didn't give a timeline, but I would maybe say after the Colorado game. Because there's a lot of travel involved, you want to make sure he's 100. percent Don't want to rush him back, and you have ample central midfielders. Um, so maybe this is the, the time we see Andres Pereira. Maybe this is the time we see Jesus Bueno um, or Joaquin Torres, and just maybe switch things up, make it a little fresh. Um, however, which way you want it, I, I think that's the, it, we're not asking for Jim Curtin to drastically overhaul the squad. Bench Gazdag. <laughs> but what we're asking for here is to hey recognize that and i know this is gonna kind of feed to the twitterati out there but um alejandro Bedoya, yes I, I get the point that at 68 minutes he should be the change not michael i get it and um i think from a long-term thing i agree with it more than just an, a short-term in game you know a game-by-game basis i think from a long term you want to protect him so that way when we do get to playoffs and MLS cup or heck even leagues cup, if that matters uh, to a lot of people, you want him fresh, you want him fresh for the the bigger games uh, and and be able to to rotate him out because Andres Perea, we've been saying, is he the long-term replacement for Bedoya? Well, if he is, and he's that talented, put him out there or, or maybe make yourself a little vulnerable and play Joaquin Torres with Daniel Gazdag, you know, whatever it may be, or maybe play Jesus Bueno. Out on the sides uh, of the diamond, or, or go to the 350, whatever the the alteration may be, we're waiting for that. So I think that's the the big talking point here, and I think everyone will kind of agree with with where we're at. Is you got to give these guys a, a break. You, you traded for these guys. You spent allocation money on Pereira and Torres specifically. Uh, you've developed Bueno, who it took a huge step forward in preseason, but we haven't seen much of. Uh, since the the Concacaf Champions League, what the first leg in in what was it Honduras, El Salvador? Uh, I can't. The country escapes the top of my head right now, but around the 16th first leg. Um, so you, you want to see these guys. You want to see them develop in front. You want to see a little more Damian Lowe, who's who's been dealing with a, a few knocks here and there, which I get. That's that's why he's not in the field. But you want to see more of him. Uh, you, you know, we already see enough of of Nathan Harrell to. To satisfy our concerns here, but there's got to be variety. All the, this tactical flexibility and depth that w- was 
talked about in preseason. And we've seen glimpses of it with, with Torres and Perea, but then we've kind of reverted back to the, the old Jim Curtin. And we need to, to find the balance. You can still have that in big games, but you can't run these guys into the ground, especially with this may they have coming up. And if they do that, then yeah, I think our, if, if they go out there and lose, but. So I understand getting guys involved. And I think we've talked about this a lot, Joe before too, is not only tactical flexibility and like lineup changes, but formation changes and trying different ways. What, I mean, what because Perea, you know, Torres, all kind of new, as you just said. And I think there are ways, obviously, you can plug them in, but always there's not a one-to-one plug-in, I think, that the union just have uh, because I think they do have kind of versatile different players and different skill sets. So how do they implement this? Does this mean Curtin's got to get out of his comfort zone for the first time? Because we've been talking about this before, and it never got to the point where I think they really had to. I don't know if it's getting to that point now, but what... I mean, what do these changes look like? What do the, how do they implement what Curtin is saying? You know, hey, that's a flaw of mine. I need to get these guys involved. Just how can that happen? How, right? Um, look, so we've, we've talked about it for a few different episodes here. Um, it, it's assumed, at least, that Andres Perea is a right sided midfielder, that um, Joaquin Torres is a 10 that Jesus Bueno is a six, could be an eight. So that's defined. So the way Jim Curtin's kind of done it in the past is if, if the guy in front of the, the reserve is playing so well, then it, it, it's hard to to take that position away from, from say, a Gazdag, say, a, you know, last year with Leon Flock and Jack McGlynn. But I think that the point that, that Jim made in, in it, was, it was either Tuesday or today where the defensive work that, this team requires from those positions may not be completely up to par yet with Perea and Torres. And this is because you have a, a center, a former center back as your head coach. This is where the, the stubbornness comes in a little bit because Jim wants the defensive structure to be sound at all times of the game. And yeah, he never wants to compromise that. Right, because that's where the union are built on. He doesn't want to compromise. Mm-hmm. So if if Joaquin Torres isn't doing the proper back pressing or any type of pressure and defensive work that Daniel Gazdag brings, then why? Well, you know, why why start him on a consistent basis or, or rotate him? Same with Andres Perea and the work on the right side with with Alejandro Pedroia and his combination with the the right backs. They have to be able to to feel confident in those guys. You know, he I even asked him today, like, how confident do you feel in Jesus Bueno popping in because Glenn's going to, to the U twenty World Cup and, and all that, and he's he's very confident in him. So, look, those are the three guys we're going to point to uh, as as depth. Maybe maybe this this month coming up with Quinn Sullivan being away for the U twenty World Cup opens up more playing fi- time for Joaquin Torres. Not just the ten, but as a, as a forward, you know how how does that operate? Um, same thing with Andres Perea. Does he get maybe a little more run, say on the left instead of the right, or or even at the six, or maybe in a double pivot of some sorts in, in road games? So yeah, well, like what's the goal of of these of these three games? So you obviously want to advance out of um, 
Minnesota with an open cup victory. So there's there's one goal. Three there. W's, Joe. Three W's. <laughs> you need to put us through enough crap already. W's, wins. I think the, the realistic target here should be wins. Bare min- <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, bare minimum draw at Red Bull and then get out of Minnesota with a, a spot in the round of 16 and then beat Colorado because I think Colorado's there for the taking. Um, I assume they're going to travel straight from Minnesota to Colorado because that's what they've done in the past. So you can adjust to the altitude, whatever you need to there. And then you come home for, I think it's DC uh, and new England. So I look, I think that's the, I think that's the way to approach it. I mean, you're, you're 10 points back in the league of, of new England um, who's been dealing with injuries. Um, Cincinnati is going to lose Brenner uh, to Serie A. Atlanta, they're kind of in, in flux here. Tiago Almado's been hurt. So, like, if if we're looking at the, the Eastern Conference and kind of you know, breaking it down and removing our, ourselves from Champions League now and, and looking at the, at the league table, it's gettable. I mean, look at the teams in front of them. Yes, D.C. has improved. Orlando's a middle-of-the-pack team. Columbus hasn't completely hit their stride. NYCFC is there, but they're all kind of bunched together. Um, and they're only one point behind Toronto, which is hilarious to me because how Toronto has 12 points is just um, <laughs> just really funny. Because if you saw them come in here, they were just absolute crap. Um, so, look, everything's there for the taking this month. I mean, you have – so the full schedule is at Red Bull Saturday, then you have the Open Cup on Tuesday – at Colorado, and then you're home for D.C., New England, at NYC, at City Field, and home for Charlotte, and then you're home for Montreal as well at the start of June. The opportunity is there. I mean, we could be sitting here on on June 4th because the Montreal game is June 3rd. We could be sitting here on June 4th with a completely different perspective on things. Like, the time is now to, again, like I said, hit the hard reset button and really go after this thing. Um, it may not show in the two road games, but you can beat DC at home. You can beat New England at home. You've done it many times. There's no longer the the bugaboo of of not being able to get points against NYC in baseball stadiums. And you can beat Charlotte and you can beat Montreal. So it's there. And I think that's the the positive thing. Now, how you get there is the the, the whole fascinating part because – Jack McGlynn and Quinn Sullivan will be off to the U-20 World Cup. I believe that that cutoff date is next week, or the report date um, is next week. It's very soon. Um, and they're going to Argentina, not Indonesia, so um, travel's a little less rough, at least on the U-20 squad as a whole. Um, so you're losing your what you've been using as your third forward. You're losing a starting midfielder. The good news is the three guys that we've talked endlessly about in, in Bueno, Perea, and Torres fill those roles. So you would think, you would think, uh, with this depth, with this tactical flexibility, all these buzzwords that we've been using for, man, how long this season I, have we I used just, them? <laughs> this season, like, I mean. You, right. So there, there's a way where you can play Carranza, Carranza, Gazdag, and, and Torres together, or Ua, Torres, and Gazdag together. Maybe even give Gazdag a, a, a night off. No. <laughs> no nights off for Gazdag. <laughs> um, 
not that he needs it, but you know, and the same thing with Damian Lowe. Damian Lowe's got to get to to full fitness. You know, he's been dealing with with little knocks here and there that's been been keeping him out. Uh, so you need him to step up because he is your depth center back, and you can't run Elliot and Glesnes for all of these games. You got to have some variety uh, in some capacity. So yeah, that's 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 how it sets up. Like it it sets up for the the two guys in Torres and Perea, and then with Bueno, the guy we've also been waiting to see um, that we want to see on the field. There's ample opportunity for them to get on the field. All right, let's get to on the field and let's get to a game that the union, as you just said, bare minimum, at least come away with the draw. How do they match up against the Red Bulls who have not done much lately? And have Corey Burke. And have Corey Burke. Scoring Burke, as we say. <laughs> Which is weird because that, that that's gonna be that's gonna be really weird to see Corey Burke in the <laughs> in the Red Bulls uniform. Judging based off of former union players doing things to the union, I mean he's gonna score like three goals against them. Yeah, probably. Um <laughs> just let's keep up with the trend. Let's keep happening. Right. Uh well the Casper Shabilko hasn't done much yeah, well, okay. I mean, well, yeah, 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 okay, that's fair. I'm not to um, say anything bad about Casper Shabelko. He was no, a we great can say pl- player. We can I'm, say plenty uh, bad. Like they, yeah. they traded him when the value was remarkably high. Yeah. Um, so the Red Bulls, man, they're they're a bad. mess. I mean, look, it's this whole situation. It was what three weeks ago now with Dante Vonzier, their um, their new offseason forward signing. Um, using the, the racial remark um, in the San Jose game, getting suspended for way too short of a time that he should have been suspended for. Um, Gerhard Struber, the head coach, offered up the equivalent of a nothing burger when it came to his response and his statement um, to that incident. And I, I don't think they've said it publicly, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of just a, a reaction to everything that's gone on internally where it's no one's happy. It's not working. I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of the New York Red Bulls, but if I, I see these results here, a, a home draw against Houston, who's improved, but I don't know, you could you still be Houston at home. And then a road loss to Montreal, a, a draw with Chicago, and they've scored three goals in their last five games. I may, re- I'm going to revise my goal here that I'd set like five minutes ago, go into Red Bull and get a win and then show yourself. Get a um, win. I was a dude. I, right. once you said that, I'm like, Joe, come on, man. Right. Come on. Like, and it's not, you know, if they come away with a draw, I don't think it's, it's the worst thing in the world because we're in May and we know June, no, July, August, that's baby steps. the most damage, yeah. but like, that's come on, man. Let's, let's get this going. You just, you didn't mm-hmm. reach a goal. And uh, MLS league play has not been great. You know, I don't think this is a wake-up call. I think there were multiple wake-up calls, but this is certainly a let's get it going here. Let's let's finally the effort in the league play. I know you just said May is going to be rough for them, so I do understand that. But I mean, let's let's get this going finally. Like let's the, this is an, a winnable game. Take a road win, get the three points, and get this back on track. This is the perfect opportunity to say, and we say I think we've said this cliche countless times over the years this is where you take your frustration out and actually do that um take your frustration out from the lafc games and and really just pummel the red bulls you know i i think jim's gonna start the majority of the the starting 11 
and rotate for Open Cup. I think you know, I don't even want to go that go. far. I don't even want to go stomp on the Red Bulls. Come away with the win. If it has to be <laughs> grinded out, good. But like we're getting to that point where they're they're not even able to grind out wins right now. If it has to be the ugly ass one nothing Union win, I'm fine with it. Just show us something. Get that win. Get it. Like just get that done. Get that result. That's so all I get in this. Okay, that may be how you feel, but is that the... I, that's not how everybody else feels. Or maybe right. even the union. I don't even know if that's, how, if that, that's how the union would feel. I think Jim Curtin would be more than comfortable with a, a one nothing victory because that's just the, the way he he does things. But, man, I don't know. I I don't know if one nothing is is sufficient enough here. I, I, I may be completely completely off base with with where I'm what I'm saying here and, and a win is a win is a win at this point but I would love to see the union just destroy the Red Bulls yes it, it still is a rivalry game even though the, the Red Bulls have taken a back seat to NYC and LAFC on, on the rivalry power rankings it's still the Red Bulls and you would still love to pummel them in, in front of a what a, a half full <laughs> stadium if that whatever whatever their attendance is these days um you would love that i, I think the fan base would love that and it it goes in line with the, the hard reset that, I, that i've been talking about i look i'm sure after the fact if they win one nothing limit the chances uh have a, a well-worked goal and get three points I'm sure the, the team will take that and a lot of people will take that. But there's a lot of people out there, myself included, that just want to see them erase everything about Champions League, not leave any lingering doubt, not that that loss affect them in any way possible and go after it. Be on the Red Bulls from the start, similar to, to, to the Toronto game, and just go after them and, and pummel them. Put three, four goals on them and, and make a statement. Go out and make a statement to the rest of the league that, yeah, you lost to LAFC, there's one loss, it's it's done and over without, there's nothing you can do about it. Go out, pummel your rival, you know, maybe Major League Soccer, soccer.com will write a nice headline piece about you because they haven't yet this year. Do it. Just go out and and, and be the, the old version of the union that, that we came to know and love last year. Put, put four, hell, put five past the Red Bulls. It's doable. Just go out and, and be yourselves. Play loose, play, have some fun, and be the ever-living snot out of the New York Ripples. Do you think they do that? I have like a 60% chance, or a 60% confidence level here with that. I know I said that with a ton of conviction, but uh, I think 60% chance, believe they do that, because the second you said one nothing, I'm like, oh, man, I know exactly what we're going for here. Um I, I think they, for morale's sake, a win is a win is a win. But God, it would be so nice to see them win three, four, nothing, just to be like, this is the union that you remember. It'd be nice to see that, but I don't know. Maybe now I feel like I'm the one that's uh, a little optimistic. I would say to them, am I res- am I result shaming you, John? You, I think you are result shaming me because I just want the win. It's, it's May. You know, I, I want the union playing their best in July like we saw last year. Once we get to the July and if they're still, you know, just squeaking by wins, then I'd be like, yo, what the hell is going on here? Um, but I think that's when, hey, 
pile up the five nothing wins, six nothing wins, uh, get seven nothing wins for all I care. You know, pile those up then. Just right now, just I want results. That's all I do is just want get me results, get three points where you should be getting it. And then I think the that kind of statements, like they were talking about, I remember the union lost to Miami early on. And they're like, the statement win for Miami. If your statement win is in like April or March, I don't want that. I want statements in July and August when we start getting to, hey, we're getting ready for playoffs in MLS Cup. I don't need statements now. I just need wins. And I think that is the bare minimum for me, at least. You're taking it a step further than me, which I was not expecting you to do. No, so I'm I usually, feel like I'm we're playing. Yeah, I know, I know. I feel like we're switching, <laughs> switching roles here, and I, I just wasn't ready for that. But maybe you are right that it's just it's needed more for. It's not like you know get five nothing and then Union are you know, right back where they were, but it's at least a a statement for themselves. I think it's just a confidence uh, to to remind themselves of hey, this is what you were, this yeah. is what you still can be, um, and just prove it to yourselves. I think we're both. I think we're both in agreement that a clean sheet is like the the minimum oh, requirement would, here. Yes. Uh, the clean sheet for sure needs to be a minimum. Which they, which they, to their credit, they've been trending in the right direction with that. I know Toronto was was a no show, but they played really well against LAFC for, I'd say at least eighty percent of those two games. I'd probably bump it up to eighty five or ninety. Like they, they played that well for that long against the league's best attack. Um, so that translates to Red Bulls, Minnesota, Colorado. Um, they may just win these games one nothing because the defense is so good. Um, but to me, I think it's just a you have to wash away Champions League. And I think that the stink of Champions League ends up lingering if you win one nothing and chances go by the wayside and uh, you know some of the the old habits from earlier in the season. Like I, I want to see uh, a close to an exact replica of the Toronto game. Well, that is it for the union soccer podcast. Again, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, just search up the union soccer podcast, Apple store, Google play store, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get it and find us right there. Again, that's Joe Tanzi at J Tanzi 90 subscribe to the union soccer blog, union soccer blog and also follow Joe again at jjansen 90 Me, John Jansen, at jjansen34. We'll be back with more Union Soccer next week on the Union Soccer Podcast.